Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field. It's the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. This is the premium feed for those of you who are willing to shill out, willing to, uh, is it shill out? It's shell out. Willing to shell out. We're willing to shill out. Um, yeah. In fact, we're doing it with home field apparel. Yeah, we're doing it with home field apparel. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll knock that out right away. But I, I am joined by co-host Ryan, who is the president of Brazil, as we established on the free recap this week. Thank um, you. Before we dive and into it was, this. Before we, look, it was fucking, stop. It, the guys in the comments saying it wasn't a legitimate election. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, a, that's a weird way to get my military police sent to you real fast. Yeah. Yeah, you, th- you think they can't come to U.S. soil? You got another thing coming. I'll out. show you an illegitimate election, buddy. You, you want to see an illegitimate election? <laughs> you, I'm just getting started. Um, before we jump into anything here, uh, we're going to be talking about Wisconsin and Colorado on this one. I don't think that that is especially surprising. They're sort of the news of the week. Uh, but before we do that, I am going to show for Home Field Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. Uh, high quality vintage collegiate apparel. The collection that i'm going to mention this week that you can get 15 percent off of with the code meet at midfield is the forthcoming wyoming collection uh ryan have you seen this have you heard about this i'm, I'm hearing about this i'm seeing it i'm looking at it um i'm actually already purchasing unfortunately not from home field apparel from a separate company mm-hmm. a bolo tie to wear with my my wyoming yeah. uh, cowboys gear well, that's yeah um, it's a missed opportunity i actually record i record all of our podcasts in a bolo tie a lot of people don't know this yeah yeah um, you have sort of a um some some people would say that you're maybe a little bit twisted a little bit random a little irreverent maybe uh, i'm a little epic dude. yeah you're a little bit epic epic you've got uh you've got the cargo shorts that like the plaid cargo shorts that go all the way yeah. down way below your knee um you've got the uh the the straightened out hair bangs going all the way around um you uh <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing i'm wearing the iron man 2 promotional t-shirt for yeah your night yeah you've got a sriracha uh, t-shirt on you you've got you're, you're oh that's good you're, yeah uh yeah you look like you just got back from an avril lavigne concert uh pretty much uh I'm, go. I'm going i'm going to a new brewery every weekend and posting my review on untapped the yeah beer app. yeah yeah you're actually you're scaring the hose a little bit with how much you are being <laughs> on Untapped. that is a classic sports writer guy thing is guy who like in the span of like guy a win- personality yeah. is scaring the hose. Yeah, guy who like <laughs> on a Wednesday night just keeps Twitter account just keeps automatically posting new untapped achievements. It's like, bro, are you good? <laughs> are you all right, man? Um, but anyway, if you Dude, letting your oh, I just want to point out, it is completely insane under any circumstance to let your Twitter auto post anything. Yeah, if there's any Can't app connected that. to your phone, your social media that is auto posting something. You are just simply, you don't know how to use the internet. Do Absolutely. You? Yeah. You can't, you should not be allowed around a computer. No, you can't be doing that. You cannot have things auto posting to your Twitter account. It all has you, to come from the You need to the take heart. the bus to a library. To yeah. Use the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to figure out the library sign in so that you can get on. So you can, you can do some, <laughs> some untapped posting. So you can do some untapped reviews. You're having a beer at the damn library. You're enjoying a Bud Light and leaving a five-star review for some reason. Everybody needs to know that you really like this bud light who Uh, who are you colton denning no he's a coors man how dare you (laughs) even i know that he's a coors man Um, of course the coors but it's the same principle it's the same principle sure also patrick we should we should probably mention since it's i know this is a premium episode but it's an unlocked premium for free week oh uh, here at meet at midfield 
so we should probably be doing some little self-promotion yeah we probably uh, should do that as well before i do that i will just say real quick reiterate homefieldapparel.com code meet at midfield <laughs> for 15 percent off your first purchase um it comes no with, bolo ties just a lot of really good wyoming no, shirts yeah. and also no colton denning apparel yet no it comes with one cores light and it automatically installs the untapped app onto your phone <laughs> um but if you use the code you can get 15 percent off so it's a small price to pay Dude, we, we should start i just we're just, we're just doing this bit now on the podcast but so people who didn't listen to this aren't gonna whatever well we should be doing uh untapped reviews of bud light and course light on our twitter accounts for the yeah next yeah weeks. This, this, is a, this is a heady brew very dry <laughs> <laughs> reviewing it like uh, wine <laughs> swirling i around. think we actually should do this this is this one has like some nutty overtones. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like a PBR. Oh, this is lovely, lovely stuff here from the PBR. Just doing the the wine, like wafting and sipping. Um, yeah, that would be that would be cool. Uh, if you want that and also other premium content, including the premium podcast on this feed, uh, the premium podcast episodes of High Street Freaks and the Bucket Problem, the premium post that you're going to get free access to this week, that we are going to then close the gates once again on next week uh and the message board the beloved message board if you want all of that you can go to meet at midfield.com and use there's not a code just buy just buy it for 12.99 a month um yeah yeah just buy it i'm not giving you a code just buy it you get to see all the stuff for free this week you get to try it out you get to see oh do i do i like this do i and and you do you do like it and you're going to give us 12.99 yeah Yeah. you are you are becoming very sleepy and you are spending 12.99 um that and is... you're posting on the forums you're posting every day you're saying thank you patrick you're all your posts are just thank you patrick yeah yeah you're um, auto, you're auto posting your untapped reviews to the forums every day and we're saying how did he even set this up this doesn't even <laughs> make sense i didn't know you could do that and we're, we're, we're sicking our technology guy on him to try and figure out how he's managed this because he's, he's spamming the the boards with bud light reviews um that's what you're you're doing. Uh, you're you're coming on our message board to post a daily update about how many days it's been since your dog died and how sad it makes you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing that. And we love to do that. Um, <laughs> all right. I think that's probably enough advertising for the day. Uh, Ryan, which yep. job do you want to start with here? Because what I've done is I've gone through and I've sort of just aggregated a couple lists that I have seen people put out for these jobs of, uh, of potential coaching candidates. And what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of roll through them and talk about these guys and, and talk about how viable we think it is, uh, what we think, what we would think of the hire if they were to make these, these hires. Um, the Colorado list is quite a bit longer than the Wisconsin list, which I think is probably pretty true to life. Uh, where do you want to start here? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Let's just run through Wisconsin first, right? I think more of our little freaks are, are interested in Wisconsin. Maybe there's more to like recap here too. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Colorado, we we can get into certainly get into the weeds on that as well. But um, yeah, yeah. Let's start with Wisconsin. All right. Um, so Wisconsin, the big, the biggest name here, the name to know, the guy who is well. Think- I, I, really quick, Pat. Sorry, before we get into the candidates, do do you want to run through just decision making that led to him getting fired? Like, do you, do you have any thoughts there? Like, anything you want to get into? I don't know that there would be anything that I didn't uh, talk about on the recap yesterday is, is just like, yeah, it was time. I I think that this is, I think that this is correct. I think that it was time. Um, The the take going around has been annoying me, of course, is comparing it to like Bopoli. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it it was a different, it was a different story. Bopolini was like, I don't his, the record is similar, but Bo Pelini did it in a very, very different way than Paul Chris did. Um, and also, firing Bo Pelini was justified. They just made a bad hire. Like it's, it's, 
I I don't I don't really understand why that is being lauded as like oh they're doing the Polini firing. It's like yeah, Bo Polini wasn't good. Bo Polini was not good. He was annoying, and they didn't like him, and they wanted to move on, and that was fine. They just hired Mike Riley. As long as Wisconsin doesn't hire Mike Riley, this will be fine. Yeah, I mean, right, and that's that's the biggest thing. It's like it's it's the hire after the fact, and yeah, and like also Bo's problems were a lot of cultural shit too with the administration. Like not to rehash the you know yeah twelve year old Bo Polini firing or whatever it is, but uh like i mean i don't know paul paul chris is simply simply put he was hired to develop a, a competitive wisconsin offense uh to coach quarterbacks at wisconsin to like develop quarterbacks at wisconsin to have a sophisticated passing on top of the running game and put points on the board and elevate it uh, from where it had been and he couldn't do that yeah uh and now that he was actually taking them backwards in the running game as well like putting up two net rushing yards against illinois no matter how good the illinois defense is it's just a bridge too far for that program. I think any game where that happens, you have to be let go. It, that, yeah. That's embarrassing. It's horrifying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and part of the the thing that ultimately to uh, really stretch this comparison out, not for the reasons that most people are doing it, but because like yeah, they were also Nebraska was also right to fire Pelini, just like Wisconsin was right to fire fire Chris. The issue with Pelini was losing games that he couldn't lose really badly, right? Like losing to Wisconsin in 2014, 59 to 24, in a game that was pretty important for their conference hopes. They were like 11th in the country, and they lost that game. Um, for for Chris, we have seen several of these in the last couple of years. You know, we just saw this loss to Illinois, but week before that, they were not at all competitive against Ohio State. Uh, week two, obviously, they lost to Washington State. Last year, there were several pretty bad losses, I would say, pretty troubling losses, including, you know, Penn State to open the season where they could not score, could not could not beat a, a Penn State team that was not especially impressive. Um, Notre Dame crushed them two weeks later. Pretty much the same team, same program, just crushed them. Uh, Michigan did the same the week after that. Then they lose to Minnesota in the, the penultimate game of the season for, for the division. Like, that's bad. That's bad that they did that. I know that they only had four losses, but it was four bad losses for a program that is not accustomed to losing and does not really take lightly or does not, does not really take kindly to losing. Uh, you know, they, they've had one ranked finish since 2018. That's that this is five seasons now with one ranked finish. Like that's not good. It's it's I know no, what the record terrible. is, but that's not good. You're in the Big Ten West. You can't be doing eight and five, ten and four, four and three, nine and four, two and three. That's not good in the Big Ten West. It's just not. Right. Right. I mean, and that's the thing is Wisconsin above all else is consistent. Like, especially when you compare them, like obviously obviously Iowa's had their own problems, but like the like Iowa has kind of risen in, in esteem and relative to Wisconsin lately. Uh, obviously, like I said, a flawed program themselves. But like, if you just become a team that you can't like move the ball on offense, then Iowa's better at doing that than you are, right? Like they're yeah. already a better defensive program than you are. Uh, but I mean, yeah, they had to move on from Chris. It just had to happen at this point. Um, I, I do, I am very curious to see what they go with next. I, I do think the obvious choice here is Jim Leonard. It makes a ton of sense for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to get into that here in a second. But but um, I just want to say in general, I, I did uh, support the departure of, of, uh, of Paul Chris. I thought it was inevitable. Like it's, you, you can't have this guy continuing to like, you know, distill this down further, despite having better recruits than anybody's ever had in history of Wisconsin. You can't have him getting worse results. It's just, it's time. And, and like, this is why the big 10 has the money it has, right. Yeah. To replace guys like this, to be aggressive in their hires, the way other programs have been or the country. Yeah. Um, this is what it's for. 
Yeah, that's the value of the money. That is what it does for you is that you do not have to just sit and take it when your coach is declining, when your coach is not producing at the level that he is supposed to, that your your program is uh, expected to. That's the difference between the SEC and the Big Ten over the last you know three decades is that the SEC has not just taken it, has not just been fine with seven and five. The teams at the top of the SEC have not accepted that. And in some cases, that has produced, you know, more trouble than it has produced good. But in other cases, it Auburn. has produced, yeah, Auburn. But also, Auburn has won, you know, a national championship and went to a second one. And, uh, you know, LSU has won national championships with three different coaches in the last two decades and, and you know, ran off a national title coach in Les Miles and then won another one in 2019 with the replacement. Um, and, like, that's part of it it's it's part of being a program that wants to compete at the top level is that you have to understand sometimes you need to make big boy moves that might not you you, you might not have fully reached the uh the the pit when you make this kind of decision you don't really want to do that generally you don't want to wait until you go four and eight to fire a guy if you're a program like this we are i think that people are maybe viewing wisconsin incorrectly they are viewing wisconsin as like Oh, you know, if if Illinois was to do this, it would be ridiculous. You know, if 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 uh, Brett Bielema was to have a similar record at Illinois after eight years and they fired him, obviously that would be absurd. But Wisconsin is not Illinois. Wisconsin is not any other right. team in the West. It is above them in terms of prestige, in terms of expectations. And they were employing a coach who was, I think, pretty obviously behind the times on his own side of the ball. And then also, of course, behind the times in everything off the field. Uh, Paul Chris, not a recruiter, not a guy who was going out there winning significant battles. They had a couple five stars fall into their lap from within the state, but that's not something you can really rely on for long-term success in recruiting. There's not always going to be five stars in that state. There usually, there usually aren't. And then, of course, with NIL stuff, with transfer portal stuff, I don't think he was pro. I don't think he was proactive at all. I think he was pretty regressive on those on those fronts. And it was just, how is it going to get better? I think that that was probably the assessment made is what is the path out of this for Paul Christ? How does this get better? And I don't think that there was one. And so if there's not a path forward, if you don't see one as the administration, what's the point? It's, let's just move on before wasting anybody else's time. You know, it's, it's, you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I think it's good. The administration had the clear directive here. Obviously Chris McIntosh uh, is a Wisconsin alumni uh, himself and, uh, very familiar with Paul Chris, came up on the same kind of uh, under Barry Alvarez, same time. Yeah. Uh, and, and kind of looked around and thought he could do better. And I, I think power to him for making that move. Um, now, as to who's next, Pat, I, the kind of the big question here, I, I think the obvious answer is the easy one, too. But, uh, you know, they're going to give Jim Leonard every chance to win this job. Like Absolutely. it is clearly his to lose. Yeah. Um, promoted to interim head coach. Um, he has been the defensive coordinator here since 2017. Uh, was hired originally first job at, at Wisconsin, was as a defensive backs coach in 2016. Did he even spend time as a GA? I don't think he did. I think that they immediately hired him to a full uh, He job. came in, as I recall it, as an analyst underneath uh, Dave Aranda, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, let me double check on that. But I don't think it was a GA role necessarily, but it was like some kind of uh, informal off-field role. Um, yeah. Yeah, I believe it was 2015. Uh, he was just like working as an analyst beneath uh, – uh, uh, beneath uh beneath Dave Aranda. Yeah. Um and uh here's it. Yeah, sorry. And the year off between retiring the NFL being a defensive back coach for the for the Badgers, uh Leonard spent his time studying college film with then Wisconsin defensive coordinator Dave Aranda, who familiarized himself with the schemes that exist in college football. Yeah. They're not prevalent in the NFL. Uh so yeah, that's and then uh Durante Jones left for the Dolphins and that's how uh Leonard got the job. Yeah. So 
Yeah, so he has only ever coached at Wisconsin. Of course, played at Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. This is sort of the uh, the you know. I fucking loves Wisconsin. Yeah, dude. this is the chosen one. This is the <laughs> the program's favorite son. You know, this is a guy who played for Alvarez, right? Would have played for Alvarez. Yep. Um, he's a very good defender at Wisconsin as a as a safety. Uh, has coordinated quite a few very good defenses I, I would say uh, generally that has been sort of the consensus about his defenses is that even while the offense has struggled to do much of anything they have been able to rely on very consistently good defenses good secondaries good at pretty much everything um, he is very much of the the Dave Aranda school of, of coaching defense um, I'm curious to see how he handles the interim role because that is certainly different than calling plays defensively and he's not made any I think he said he's not made a decision on if he's going to continue to call plays on defense. Um, I would be a tiny bit worried if he does, because that's a lot for a guy to do, to be an interim head coach, trying to recruit, trying to audition for the job, and then also calling plays defensively. I would hope that he has an under an underling who he trusts to do that. Um, but yeah, this is absolutely, as it has been painted elsewhere, in an audition for, uh, for Jim Leonard. It's not a completely fair audition because it's not his team, but you do get to see how he handles the responsibilities of being the guy at the top of doing the press conferences every week of going out and being the finisher on the recruiting trail of managing in-game things, time management, things like that. And I think that if he is even just competent, if he even just, just the team looks competent, gets to a bowl game, something like that. Um, I have to imagine that he's going to get the job. I, I think like you said, he's going to be given every opportunity to, uh, to take over the job full time. Yeah. They, they want him to win this. Like yeah. that, that is the absolute, like absolute that, that's the answer yeah. here is, uh, is they want him to take this over. They don't want to have to go do a coaching search like they. This is a, this is. I know we talked about this other programs kind of being a bad thing. I think it's a strength of Wisconsin. They are so consistent internally. They want the same guys to guard this program. Like yeah, it, it, there there is a very specific thing you have to do at Wisconsin to win the game. Just like you have to understand who you are and what you do, which is playing a short game, running the football, having excellent defense, not going to beat on big plays, like just being better play to play discipline efficiency to any of their opponent like being well coached that is what you do yeah jim leonard understands it right like that's exactly what he has done like he has not had um yeah you talked about some of the five stars in the state right those guys are all on offense like there has not been a big uptick in defensive talent in the state of wisconsin yeah he is developing guys local guys three-star guys um guys from illinois and ohio and the state of wisconsin and minnesota a little bit um into nfl players doing it very consistently um that's his skill set, man. Like that, that is who he is. He understands how to create. I mean, he's, he's had what, I think five consecutive top 15 defenses yeah. on SP plus the last, the last five years. Um, just nonstop puts them out. Um, obviously gets tapped by Dave Aranda for a specific reason here. Um, he's a great defensive mind. And I, I guess the question here is like, does he understand now what he needs to do on offense to improve this? Because Wisconsin's yeah. offense, um, while it is always going to be a rushing based attack, it should be a run first attack, uh, given what they have. Um, can do a lot better than what Paul Chris did, right? They can have a lot better run scheme than that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you you can do you can do the power running. You can do all that stuff while still being creative and while still being pro- progressive offensively. Um, Illinois is doing a good job of that. Michigan is doing a good job of that. Kansas is doing a very yeah. good job of that. Like you can do it. It's not impossible. It's not like you don't have to run RPO spread shit at, at Wisconsin to have a successful offense. They just weren't developing guys they weren't creative in the run game they weren't really doing much of anything and I think that that's another thing that bears mentioning is is um like you said the five stars in the state have not been on defense the five stars who they have landed have not been on defense the the top recruits um and I think that that's probably another part of why it was so obviously time for Chris is like 
Graham Mertz was a very, very important recruit for them when they landed him. Very important. He was like a top 100 quarterback, you know, nationally, top 100 recruit. He was a four-star quarterback. They have five star. They've had five stars on the offensive line. And uh, as as uh, dear coworker Ace Anbender has po- has uh, pointed out, I think in the offseason and also on Twitter. Their offensive line production has not been anywhere near what it once was. The, the guy sending guys to the pros, developing guys in the, in the trenches. They've had more talent up front under an offensive line-based coach with with Christ, and they got worse. The offensive line absolutely got worse, which I think is another part of this, is that they, they've squandered talent that they are not used to having, and uh, that is definitely going to be one of the... Probably the most important things for Leonard is, is something that we're not even going to be privy to, something that we're not going to see is... is behind closed doors and meetings with athletic with the athletic department and with executives within the uh, the organization who are you looking for offensively you know what is the idea what is the ideology that you want offensively as Jim Leonard who would you tab as your offensive coordinator what is the and I, approach and I do wonder given his NFL background the fact that he's I mean basically went right from the NFL to being a college offensive coordinator uh, I am curious if he looks at an NFL guy right like we've seen like a program like Kentucky who wanted to establish a power running game uh, with a strong de- Kentucky basically is doing what Wisconsin should be doing yeah. right yeah like as a program uh, uh, and I do wonder if Jim Leonard looks at the success Kentucky had last year with Liam Cohen and, and in general how many teams in the NFL have you know shocking to college coaches they hate to hear this have found a way to create a creative and effective power running game without using the quarterback as a battering ram yeah um, uh, that is a, a obviously very possible to be do and can be done and there are a lot of guys who know how to do it. I do wonder if Leonard looks to NFL for an OC hire. Hire someone we don't know right now. Yeah. Um, that would not surprise me at all. I actually would expect him to do that if I, if I had to take a stab at it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Are there any college names you love? Like, I, I know I'm putting you in the spot here. We didn't really rehearse this ahead of time. Any names you kind of would love for Wisconsin that kind of fit the mold you're talking about or any of them one that comes to mind? Um, there, there are a few who sort of pop into mind specifically with some of those schools that I just referred to. I don't know that you'd be able to pluck away the offensive coordinator from either of Illinois or Kansas, just because it seems like those guys are pretty well entrenched. Um, Illinois just hired Barry Lunny Jr. this off season. Um, and yeah, which is a great hire again, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. And Kansas, it seems like that staff is pretty much just set. I, I don't imagine that there's going to be a ton of turnover there. Um, but there, there are certainly guys who, who like, just off the top of my head, looking out towards Utah, looking at that staff, um, looking at staffs like uh, the one at, I mean, Warren Ruggiero comes to mind. It's not his exact system, but I think that the stuff that he does in the running game does make sense for something like this. Um, someone with an offensive line coaching background would make sense to me as well. Um, there, there are there are a lot of ways to go with this. It does not need to be someone who is, you know, uh, f- from a system even like Wisconsin's or like Iowa's or like this. You can, you can put a lot of new concepts, a lot of modern concepts into an offense and into a framework like this. The blocking does not change that much. You can, if you have an understanding of power blocking. You can do it from a lot of different formations, and so I think it's just going to be about finding a guy who has an idea of power blocking, of of looking at schools like Kentucky, at schools like you know, like like Kansas, like we like we have mentioned. Um, I would look at like Central Michigan, which did a really good job of this last year, uh, and then I believe lost their offensive coordinator. I don't actually remember who that guy was. I'm going to look that up while you uh, while you vamp here. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I want to go back really quick to the point we were talking about because I was, I was looking it up while you were talking there. 
uh, on that point of defensive recruiting at Wisconsin, they have signed six four-star recruits on defense in the last five years. Uh, and they're all pretty much names you know. It's like it's it's Jack Sanborn, it's Nick Herbig, it's guys like that. Like the only guys they're getting their turn into stars on defense. Um, and it's obviously the tr- the truth is not the, the opposite on offense, right? There are a lot of missed guys, there are a lot of waste of talent. Yeah. Um, Jalen Berger comes to mind. Uh, uh, guys who are just not delivering because they don't know how to develop them. Um, yeah. Okay. But I, yeah, I, man. I've got yeah, the go I've got the name. Um, and this would probably honestly be the first guy who I would think of for this. Um, Kevin Barbe, who was the offensive coordinator at Central Michigan last season, uh, coordinated that very, very, very good power rushing attack. Um, he went to App State this offseason. That offense has remained very good. Um, I think that he would make a lot of sense here. He, he does not have ties to the area, but I think that that kind of system, something like that, could be integrated into some of the stuff that Wisconsin is Uh, not going to go away from and I I don't want it to go away from I think that Wisconsin should still look like Wisconsin you can just modernize some of the stuff and it's it's sort of what we've talked about with Stanford like you don't have to throw this shit away there's a reason that it was working it's just about development and it's about modernizing some things and some concepts and specifically probably in the passing game but you don't have to go away from what you what you want to do offensively you don't have to go away from power you don't have to go away from holding on to the football you just need to change some things a little bit and I think that uh, I think there's a lot of options that would make sense for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, I, I am really curious to see what comes in his staff overall. I do wonder if a guy like Joe Rudolph is like after seeing how terrible it's been at Virginia Tech year one is is like uh, convinced to come back to town now that Paul Chris is gone. That'd be kind of funny if it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they want him, but it's still amusing to me to think about that. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I am very curious to see what Jim thinks of kind of his uh, his compatriots here and who stays around, who he cans. Yeah. Um, if he gets the job, uh, of course, the alternative here we should talk about is what if he sucks? Like, what if yeah. what if he fails? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it's likely, but uh, we should talk about it. Um, yeah, it he, seems like if if that's the case, there is there is one guy you call and you offer him everything he possibly wants. Correct? Yes, and so we'll we'll uh, real quick. I'm just gonna before we talk about Lance Leipold, who is the guy who you are alluding to. Um, uh-huh. The rest of the schedule here for Wisconsin at Northwestern, at Michigan State, Purdue at home, Maryland at home, at Iowa, at by, Nebraska. By week after Purdue, and Purdue yeah, by week after Purdue. after Purdue, and then Maryland at home, at Iowa, at Nebraska, Minnesota at home. Um, I think if he gets to a bowl game, he's going to get the job, and then they should. They absolutely should get to a bowl game. They they could, I think, pretty easily win the next two against Northwestern and Michigan State. Neither of those teams are in a good place, um, and then you just need two of the last five, and the last five includes Nebraska, uh, includes Purdue at home, includes Maryland at home. I think if they get to a bowl game, he'd get the job, um, and that is really not asking that much. He just has to go four and three. That's totally reasonable, I think, to to ask of of this team. Just be disciplined. And uh, don't lose to Illinois again. Don't lose, don't lose to an Illinois-style team. And I think that he would be uh, well in position to, uh, to, to get the job. And I, I think that he is easily, at this point, I would think the best, the best pick, the best fit. I think yeah. that he is, uh, you know, he's in the unique position of having not coached anywhere else before this. But I think that if, if uh, Jim Leonard as you know with his background of being a Wisconsin player had actually ended up with a job at uh Temple under Matt Rule as a you know has his first gig and then worked up to uh to Baylor with Rule and then 
you know, goes somewhere else, just, just has like a different, like a slightly different resume, maybe spends a year as a GA at Wisconsin, but coached elsewhere. Um, I think that he would be the hire uh, this offseason. They would have an interim from within, and then they would immediately hire him after the season was over. Um, and that he is the hire from within just makes things even easier. But he really does, I think, check pretty much every box unless he is just terrible in, in on-field coaching, which I really don't expect but he's young he's dynamic he's a better recruiter than Chris was he seems more committed to all that stuff without having the commitment to a, a stale offensive ideology um I, I it is almost understating it to say that Wisconsin wants this to work I think that Wisconsin is pretty desperate for this to work because he is pretty yeah. obviously the ideal pick for what they want here right it's if uh, if if he wasn't coaching, if just Jim Leonard was just wiped off the map, was not an option. I don't think they would have fired. I don't think they would have fired Paul Crest. I, I think that they would have yeah. held on with him, um, at least through the end of the season. But Leonard being there, being on campus, I think made it a lot easier for them because he is so so obviously the ideal pick for this job, and and so obviously what they sort of want in their in their head coach. So I I think he's going to be given every opportunity to uh, yeah to earn the job. And let's be clear too, right? Like if Leonard doesn't work out and they can't get, get Lance Leipold, this was a mistake to fire Paul Christ. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're, we can roll through the rest of the list here real quick. So Leipold is the sort of the next name. Um, I think I don't even. I, this probably goes even without saying. I think he would take this over Nebraska certainly if both offered. Um, you, you think it goes without saying? I mean, I, I think it's likely, but I don't think it's a given. Like, he did actually coach at Nebraska. He he was coached in the state of Wisconsin. I mean, he did. Co- coached. He coached at Wisconsin. He was a GA at Wisconsin. Um, was he? I think so. I think he has. Uh, uh, he maybe he does. He he's from Wisconsin though. So his ties to let's pull this up here. Uh, he is from Wisconsin. Uh, he played at Whitewater, coached at Whitewater. He was the, oh, fair enough. He was at Wisconsin's a GA. Yeah, he was at Nebraska as a real assistant for like uh, three years. Yeah, um, his ties to time post goals. His ties to Wisconsin are deeper than his ties to Nebraska, and I think that Wisconsin is uh, structurally in a, in a better, better place, place. Than, yeah, yeah. than Nebraska yeah. is, and it's not like there's a huge location difference that would make Nebraska a better job. Uh, they're they're sure. pretty similar in uh, terms of recruiting. I, I just I don't think I'd say it's a slam dunk for either one. Is all I'm saying. Like I, I think yeah. I, I think it's likely it's Wisconsin, but I, I don't know that it's a given. Um, yeah, I'm devastating all... for Nebraska if Jim Leonard sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Nebraska <laughs> that uh, that that late season game, Nebraska Wisconsin, they might need to they might need to call in some. <laughs> Call in some favors there. Make sure that they don't do anything that they might regret in that one. Um, I will say, is there a scenario? It's just for fun. Game this out here. Could Jim Leonard do the Luke Fickle thing and like, uh, yeah. like not be good enough to win the job, but also stay on staff as DC because he's just like loyal to the program. I, I think that, that, that isn't that the dream for them. If if you get Lance Leipold and Jim Leonard on the same staff. Yeah, I'm not sure that Lance would go with that because he has been so committed to his his assistance. Uh, to this oh, point I don't think he's career. a dummy. I, I think I, I, I don't think. Yeah, I the I mean, almost the ideal with that would be that you just hire Dave Aranda and then you and then you have him as your you have uh you know just get the gang back together like they used to be. But um, I think it would be a possibility. I don't think that that is likely. I do also think that there's a a chance as we talk about Leipold. A, a non-zero chance, I, as I have said before, that he doesn't take any job and that he just stays at Kansas. I, I think that that is absolutely a possibility at this point. Um, 
which would be, uh, that's my preference. <laughs> that's what I would want. That's what I'm hoping for is that he just stays at Kansas. Um, I think, I think it'd be nice for him to go back home to Wisconsin. Uh, I, I think I, 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 if it's between him going to Nebraska or staying at Kansas, I want him to stay at Kansas. But if he's offered Wisconsin, I think it'd be cool for him to go. They would be really good. They would be really, really damn good. <laughs> I don't think it's going to come to that. I'm going to, I'm, are we, I think we are both pretty firmly in the camp that Jim Leonard is going to get this job. Um, it would be shocking if he doesn't. Yeah, I, I truly but, I mean, uh, like Leipold, you would, would have to lose to Maryland or Purdue. Yeah. But Leipold would do one hell of a job, uh, at, at Wisconsin. They would be like peak Bielema years. I think pretty much immediately they would be at that level. Um, I, I guess here's the thing though. And, and maybe a thought, like if they were already ruthless enough to fire Paul Christ, maybe there is a part of them that like is willing to say, Hey, if Jim Leonard doesn't look like a slam dunk success, uh, let's at least call Lance, see what he says. Yeah. Like, I think you have this, con- if I'm Wisconsin and, and I think you, if you're, you know, you're Nick McIntosh making his first real hire at this program, at this school, I think you have to, you have to call Lance and see what he says. You have to give him the phone call. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It's, it's kind of, the the easiest parallel and these are different jobs but the easiest parallel would be Notre Dame's search last year where Luke Fickle's out there and you know that he's Catholic <laughs> he's in Cincinnati right now and but you have Marcus Freeman on the staff right uh, and I I think that the result here would end up being the same but I I'm sure that Notre Dame did call Luke Fickle and did did get a you know and the feedback that they got from him was that he was not going to leave until after the season was over which was not what they wanted to hear. Um, and I, I would not be surprised if it was a similar answer from, from Lance, and that just goes to further bolster Jim Leonard's uh, chances. I, I don't see Lance Leipold as being the kind of guy who is going to leave before the season is over, and Kansas is going to go to a bowl game. Um, and so I don't know. I think it could end up being a kind of similar situation there, uh, which you know is what it is. I think if you're Wisconsin, like we have said, you are more than happy with Jim Leonard as long as he looks competent um yeah but Leipold would be a would be a slam dunk obviously um okay also on some of these aggregated lists we're going to kind of rapid fire some of these um I think we're going to cast aside most of them as being ridiculous but if for whatever reason Leonard is is not able to to prove himself is not able to get it done and Lance says no um these are kind of the guys who I think they would go to next that I have seen on several lists these are not endorsements these are not us saying that these would be good hires these are just the guys who i have seen on several lists adam rittenberg's and uh evan floods i believe at espn and 247 respectively uh so next up here matt campbell former co-worker of mine evan flood by the way Mm. so first up matt campbell (laughs) this is the same exact guy that you just fired you just fired this guy why would you hire him again yeah, come on. No um, thanks. Yeah, Sean Lewis, currently head coach at Kent State. I I think this is probably a little bit too extreme for for. Hey, Wisconsin. Sean, how about how about try winning some games first? How about you try winning some games? Yeah, I think that that is something that he's going to have to kind of uh, deal with as he is looking actively looking for bigger jobs. It seems like is that he is going to have to explain to a lot of people who are not very familiar with Kent State that like winning six games at Kent State is really impressive. <laughs> that is not that is not a job where you have a lot of money to work with. Just look at who they have to play in the non-conference. Um, and so I do think that that's going to be an uphill battle for him. He did play at Wisconsin, but I, I, I don't think that they would make that higher at this point. Um, it's time for him to tank the rest of his season, get himself fired uh, at, at Kent State, 
and get the OC job uh, at Wisconsin. I think you have to kill somebody to get fired at Kent State. I think That's... he needs he needs to fuck his boss's wife or something. Okay, know. yeah, he needs to go at Orgeron mode. Um, next up here, Dave Doran, currently the head coach at NC State, was once an offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. I don't know why he would do this. Um, and I also don't really know why Wisconsin would do this. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me on either side. Um, he's a good coach, I think, but I don't know. I don't know that this makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, no, no, uh, just simply no. It's not he, like, no. Yeah. Thomas Hammock next up at NIU. Um, no. Built quite the rushing attack last <laughs> season. Former running back at NIU. I don't think that he has done enough yet to merit this. Um, no, no, no. One, of, one of the luckiest teams in like modern yeah. modern history yeah. last year. Yeah, like, I do like I do like his rushing attack. I do like the way that it works, but maybe more than one successful season to to earn this kind of job. Um, next up, Dave Aranda, currently the head coach at Baylor. I don't think he would take this. I don't know why you would, would. not even entertain the offer. Yeah, would probably wouldn't even answer the phone. <laughs> well, yeah. no, I'm good. Uh, Bill O'Brien, no, goodness, no, immediately, no. Why would they do that? God, no, doesn't make any sense. Um, Chris Peterson, I don't really think wants to get back into coaching. He's I somebody... can't believe someone's wrote down Bill O'Brien. You're looking for less charismatic Paul Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've managed to get worse <laughs> Paul Chris. How did you even do that? Um, yeah, Paul Chris, but he doesn't have a natural connection to the fan base or anything that makes them <laughs> like him when he's hired. Um, Chris Peterson, I like I said, I don't think that he really wants to get back in coaching. Do you do you have any thoughts on Peterson? Nope. Does not pick up the phone. Uh, Matt Rule, interesting. Kind of interesting to me. Matt Rule is going to be on the market as somebody who will be talked about for a lot of these jobs. I don't think this would be the one for him. No, he'll um, have better offers if he comes back. Yeah, but he is an interesting name for some of these all the same. Uh, Daryl Bevel, which was on the 247 list. Daryl Bevel, for those of you who don't know, is like a bad NFL offensive coordinator and a longtime assistant. Hasn't coached in college football since 1999, I don't think. Um, he played at Wisconsin, but this is uh, this is patently absurd. This is firing Paul Chris to hire Daryl Bevel would be grounds to fold the program. How about it's Daryl Bezel and he has a nice watch? Ooh, okay, yeah, we're gonna look into that. Um, <laughs> Jake Dickert up next. He's the Washington State head coach. He's Come on. from Wisconsin originally. I don't really know. Yeah, what the this this if you're hiring Jake Dickert, then something has gone really 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 poorly in this search something has gone extremely awry if you have gotten down to jake dicker like i like him i like him at washington state i think he's doing a good job i think that the team this season is disciplined and playing well but come on he's had one season as a head coach this one this is his first season as a head coach he was the interim last year come on that that is that that feels pretty extreme to me well also why are there so many coaches from wisconsin what's up i don't with know this? it's a little bit it's a little bit strange we're gonna look into that um Brett Bielema is next up on the list. Bring him home. Um, no. Can you I, imagine the satisfaction you get out of saying no? You know, you know oh how, God, how yeah. big his smile would be if he got to say no to this job? Yeah, if Brett Bielema got a call and the, the caller ID is, you know, the, the, the Madison area code, he just, just beaming. Uh, cheek to cheek, oh, yeah. beaming. He's cracking shirt. a beer before the call. Yeah, yeah, his shirt is off. He's having a wonderful time. Um, he would absolutely, he would say no in the most emphatic way you can possibly say no. He would send a handwritten letter to Wisconsin to say no. Uh, he, he would walk from Illinois to Wisconsin to tell them no in person. Um, yeah. absolutely not. <laughs> no fucking chance. No chance. Uh, Dave Clawson. No. kind of like the Dave Doran thing. I don't really know why he would do this. I don't think that it makes sense. He doesn't have natural ties to the area. So he's even... 
sort of more nonsensical than Clausen. Um, this one just seems like kind of throwing out a guy to throw out a guy. Um, and then last one here, one of the funniest ones on the board, Mel Tucker. No, of course not. <laughs> no. What are you people even talking about? What is going on? <laughs> just list Jimbo Fisher too, dude. Come on. Yeah, Jimbo. I hear Jimbo is available. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely not. Wisconsin firing Paul Chris, paying his buyout, and then also paying the uh, the the absurd buyout that Mel Tucker has at, at Michigan State. I'm sure with his hundred million dollar contract, so that you can get the guy who's going to go four and eight this season. No, goodness, no. Why would they ever do this? Um, all right, so that's the list. You. Uh, I think yeah. that we are in agreement that this is Jim Leonard's job to lose pretty significantly. This is Jim Leonard's job to, to lose. Um, I would predict with a pretty high level of confidence that he will be the next head coach at, at Wisconsin. I, I feel pretty confident in that. I, I would have to agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I do think... I do think their games aren't so winnable that it's a given that he wins all of them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like. uh they're no, probably gonna be dogs in four of these games. Yeah, I, I certainly know. don't think he's going to win all of them, but I, I think. Oh no, 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 no! I, I, I don't know you mean all of them, but I mean like, I, I don't even know it's a given he goes to a bowl, right? Like, I think they're probably dogs in four of these seven games. Yeah, yeah, I think that that is, I think that's fair. That that makes sense to me. Um, but I think if he gets to, like we said, if he gets to a bowl game, I think that he's got it locked up. Um, and I, I think he can do that. I think that they can pull one out and get to get to six and six at least. Um, sure. All right. Let's talk Colorado. So Colorado has fired Carl Durrell after three seemingly just completely wasted years. No, ever, yeah. never really any direction for the program under him. Nobody knew who he was. Honestly, wasted is generous. Actively harmful. Yeah. That's, yeah. Actively <laughs> harmful for the program. Um, nobody really even remembered who he was when he was hired. He had been either out of coaching or just in the middle of nowhere after being UCLA's head coach in the 2000s, I want to say. Um, it was it was a baffling hire at the time. It, of course, did not work, did not ever really even seem like it was kind of going to work. They were put in a tough spot when they had to hire him because of how late in the cycle Mel Tucker left for Michigan State. But still, um, it, was a, it was a bizarre hire at the time, and it does not, does not work. Uh, the interim there is Mike Sanford Jr., who is a truly, truly dog shit football coach. Um, I'm sure that it will, uh, I'm sure that he will fix quite a few things there. So the, hey, list... really quick, how about, how about Carl Purell? Because this university washed their hands of him. Okay. I like that. Yeah. That, that, Thank uh, you. yeah, Thank you. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm in one. I'm in on that. Uh, so this list is quite a bit longer than the Wisconsin one. And there is not the obvious favorite that there is at Wisconsin. So we're going to rapid fire this one as well. Uh, and give a little bit more time to several candidates instead of just Jim Leonard and, and Lance Leipold. Mm-hmm. Um, so top of the list here that I have seen uh, everywhere that I have looked is Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters. Uh, Walters played safety at Colorado from 2004 to 2008. He was a uh, an assistant there, a student assistant there briefly in 2009, uh, but has not coached there full-time. He was at Arizona, Oklahoma, North Texas, Memphis, Missouri, and now Illinois. Um, he has produced several very, very good defenses, uh, in his career, including at Missouri and now at Illinois, Illinois has one of the best defenses in the country this year. Uh, he's from California originally young guy, 36 years old. Uh, this seems to be one who, that, that has some, some heat on it, uh, at least nationally. However, I have seen 
from people who cover Colorado and from people who are fans of Colorado, I have seen a little bit of trepidation around hiring somebody from within the family, specifically from the time that Walters is within the family, because he would have played for Gary Barnett. And Gary Barnett had sort of a a bad scandal at Colorado, um, specifically in 2004. And so there might be there might be some concern there with with when Ryan Walters was on campus when he was the the teams that he was a part of basically uh sure and and I think beyond that too you have to ask yourself does Colorado have like the institutional support as a program right now the institutional kind of uh uh uh, bearings to bring in a first-time head coach is that wise given what they're facing right now yeah yeah, I, I think that that is definitely a concern, bringing in a 36-year-old who has not run a program before, um, whose chief experience, you know, highest level is defensive coordinator. Um, and and who, not defensive coordinator at, like, at Alabama or Ohio State. No, like at yeah, defensive Missouri coordinator at, yeah, at yeah. Missouri and Illinois. And and he has learned, I think, at Illinois from a, a good program organizer and a good program builder in Brett Bielema. But it is definitely something to be, I think, at least a little bit concerned about is you'd be bringing in a a young guy who does not really have the experience to wrangle boosters to wrangle an athletic department to get everything pointed in the right direction and that's not to say he can't do it I think that he absolutely could do it but it is a it is a question mark more so than than a proven coach would be um I would I would imagine because he is a uh you know he's he's a, a son of the program uh his dad I believe also played at Colorado. Yeah, his dad Mark also played played quarterback at Colorado. Um he has strong strong ties to the program, but he is, you know, he is a little bit of a question mark. I would guess like I said that he will get a call, that he will be involved in this, but I don't think that it is a I don't think it's a slam dunk here. Yeah, uh I I kind of agree with you there. I, I honestly don't know if I am if I'm Colorado, I don't think I would hire Ryan Walters. I think he's a tremendous coordinator and a guy who should be up for like every school that has an opening defensive coordinator should we call it him because I think he might be one of the best in the country Yeah, but I don't know that I'm in their circumstance hiring a first-time head coach and a first-time head coach with the ties you mentioned um, I don't know man I, I don't think it's what makes sense to me I think you want a guy here who has experience running a program successfully experience turning around a program um, I don't know that he's the fit yeah, I think that uh, Mac schools or Mountain West schools coming open this offseason should be really, really looking at Ryan Walters. That would be that would be what I think for him this this offseason. Um, but that might be kind of a jump for for him, kind of a jump that maybe is too much to ask. Uh, next up here is Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun has plenty of head coaching experience because he has been there since 2007. Um, before that, he spent time in the NFL, a little bit of time in the NFL. He's at Wake Forest. He was at Ohio. Uh, and then he was at Air Force. He played at Air Force. He is from Oregon originally. Um, no direct ties to the University of Colorado, but he has coached in Colorado, the state, for nearly two decades now. Um, across his, I guess it, it would be just it would be more than two decades across his playing career and coaching career, including stints before he was the head coach at Air, Air Force. Um, so he's very familiar with the area. Uh, this one is one that I certainly would be pretty on board with pretty quickly. Uh, it does not take much to sell me on hiring a triple option coach at a school like Colorado. I think that that is something that would work for them and is something that would be different enough to set them apart and to find success there without needing to 
completely change the way that the recruiting is done there, the way that NIL stuff is handled there, transfer stuff, all of that. Um, I think Troy Calhoun would work. I just don't. My question is, I don't know if they're ready for that yet. I don't know if they've yeah, reached uh, the level where was, they're willing to do this. That was my exact thought as well. I think 100% he makes sense. He would work. Um, I guess also, I don't know. Has the shine come off this year at all for you a little bit? Like no. they really haven't looked like how they're supposed to look. I don't know. That I don't know. Like I don't know that that's fair. They had one kind of bizarre loss to Wyoming, but also Utah State had that last year and they won the conference. I think that Air Force is still very no, much they the also favorite. Look like shit against Navy too, right? A pretty bad Navy. I get, team. Th- those games are always like that, though. It's not like the Service Academy games are ever blowouts. It's not. That's not yeah. a thing you can do in those games. They know too much about each other. It doesn't. It just doesn't happen. Um, there have been years where Army or Air Force or Navy any of the three have been significantly better than the other ones and they still have not blown each other out um i don't know that it's fair to assign that to to them necessarily yeah, okay um and, and also i mean his sample size is quite a bit larger than just this season he has been no consistently no of course, very of course. Good there. okay all right fair enough uh I, yeah i guess I, I think i'm the same boat though i don't know if they're willing to do it right like i think a lot of programs uh really have to be beaten into the triple option then like you have to feel hopeless yeah and i don't think colorado feels hopeless i think they still look around and kind of eat despite what happened this past few years i think they still look around at the, the state's population and and kind of like the circumstance they're in and, and a leak it feels very winnable now with usc gone yeah uh, uh, uh and kind of wants to bet on themselves as a, as a resurgent program that could be like with winning ham's gonna retire sooner or later right like like they, they're probably thinking themselves why can't we be utah yeah. And why can't they? I mean, frankly, why can't they? Yeah, I don't. I, other than, you know, institutional reasons, I don't think that there is any good reason that they can't with institutional changes be that. Um, it's more just the current situation is the only one that we know. And so we don't it's it's hard to assume that they can just fix a whole bunch of things. But I don't think that it's impossible if they're willing to invest more into the program, which uh, who knows? Maybe they're maybe they're going to do that. Maybe they have plans to do that. They might need to if they want to get some of the guys on the board here. Um, but I, I think Calhoun, if they are at that point, would would work. I think it would be successful. I think they'd win nine games every For season. Sure. Um, but yeah, I I agree. Nine? I don't know. I don't, I don't know about nine every year. That's I think that they would do at least what Paul Johnson did at Georgia Tech, if not better, because um, the Pac-12 is not as good as the ACC was. But uh, regardless, it would work. I don't think that they are at that point. I think that if some of the top guys on the board say no, he could very well become a uh, a serious contender here. Um, Next up, Auburn head coach Brian Harson. Currently Auburn head coach Brian Harson. We will see for how long that is true (laughs) remaining in the season. Uh, He was the head coach at Boise State for seven seasons. He's from Boise originally, played at Boise, was a longtime assistant there. Um, He's a Boise guy. And that seems to be about it. That seems to be pretty much the entire tie that people are are leaning on here is that he's from the area and has coached in the area. Um, I don't really know why you do this if you're Colorado, if I'm going to be honest. He wasn't like that good at Boise in the first place. (laughs) He kind of just kept things moving but never really improved on them. Um, I, I I don't know how you could look at what he has done at Auburn and think that he could handle the situation at Colorado. Yeah, I think the exact same way, man. I mean, like, I, I, I also like it's just you don't have to be the school to take the rebound guy, yeah. right? Like, you can let a G five school do it. Yeah, you're you, allowed you not to do this. It's fine. You can let him go be an yeah. offensive coordinator. You don't have to hire Brian Harsh. <laughs> there's no right. There's right. no requirement and like, that says you need to do this. Some schools gonna be dumb enough to hire him, but it, you should not be the school. You should not be the fool. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's just, you don't, you don't need to, I, I don't think that there's a reason to think that he can, that he could handle it um, based on what we have seen from him. And I think there are better options on the board. Uh, next up one that I think we can dismiss pretty quickly. Alex Grinch, defensive coordinator no. at USC. No, not going to happen. No. Who is doing this dude? Who, who is feeding his name? To all I mean, I know it's his agent, but like, why are you guys listening to Alex Grinch's agent? What's wrong yeah, with you? What is the value? Like, what is he, what do you get out of it? You get you getting exclusive Alex Grinch news? I don't I don't understand it. Like, it, it's uh, Grinch facts. I'm getting yeah, Grinch facts. Grinch facts. Yeah, <laughs> you have subscribed to Grinch facts. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, not... One of our one of our subscribers, please tweet uh, a series called Grinch Facts at a journalist of their choice. Mm-hmm. Let us know who you're doing it to. Pick a sports journalist. Yeah, we want you to harass them by tweeting Grinch facts uh, out at them uh, at least once a day until Alex Grinch is fired from his job. Of course. Yeah. Next up, Oklahoma State. Another really bizarre one here. Oklahoma State offensive coordinator and associate head coach Casey Dunn. Um, what? He has been with the program for now more than a decade as an assistant. Uh, he was a wide receivers coach for quite some time before becoming the offensive coordinator in 2020. Um, he is from Idaho. He play or he, he's from California, played his football at Idaho, has spent time as a coach on the West coast. He was at Washington state. He was at New Mexico at Idaho. Um, he was with the Seahawks briefly. Uh, he's a Texas guy as well. Now at Oklahoma state under Mike Gundy. Um, he seems to be another one who has gotten, uh, quite a bit of a push this off season. I would assume because he has recognized that he is 53 and that he, if he wants to become a head coach, he kind of needs to actually go and try for it instead of <laughs> just sitting there as the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State and waiting for them to come to him. Because I have seen him mentioned several times now after never seeing him mentioned before this year. Um, and it's not because, like, oh, Oklahoma State's offense has been much better this year. Like, no, it's the same offense. It's been what yeah, he's hunting been. the job, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't really know what the point of this would be. This This does not move the needle for me. At all. No, I, I don't think that this if, is even really going to be an like, option. If you're going to hire a first-time head coach, Brian Walters is ten thousand times better. Like, yeah, yeah, not even competitive, right? Like Casey Dunn, like you said, got his first OC job as a fifty-one-year-old in, in a system where the OC like barely has any responsibility. Yeah, uh, no need to think about this. No, like no. come on, it's it's a it's an outright no. Uh, it's a very silly name to even list. Yeah. Next up, uh, offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, played at Colorado in the 90s during the golden era. He was the running backs coach in at, at Colorado from 2001 to 2002. He was also the offensive coordinator from 2011 to 2012 before leaving for the Chiefs, where he has been since 2013. Um, this one, if you don't know anything about Eric Bieniemy, I think would make a lot of sense. Um, but if you do know about Eric Bieniemy, you would recognize that the biggest section on his Wikipedia page is titled Legal Issues, um, and that many of them relate to his time at Colorado. I mentioned earlier the issues with uh, with Gary Barnett. I don't think that this one could happen for that exact reason. I think that Eric Bieniemy has not gotten a head coaching job for a reason, um, and I don't think, I think that that would, uh, I think that would stop him from getting this job as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree, right. It's, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's pretty much all you need to know. Yeah. Uh, uh like it's, I, I eventually someone's going to hire this guy, but I don't know when, cause it just, I mean, he keeps getting buried by the legal issues and justifiably so, right. Like he, I yeah. mean, he, they're bad. Uh, they're not, it's not just like, really Oh, bad. he got a bunch of DUIs. Like, no, they're bad. They're, they're actual, like, 
they're they're not good. It's the kind of thing that yeah you would need to answer for. Um, and I just I don't know that Colorado is in the position to be doing that. They're they're not. Yeah. Colorado does not quite have the uh, the reputation of a school like Baylor, right? Baylor's was much more public and happened in a time where a lot more people were looking. But Colorado's issues with uh, you know just systematic discipline discipline problems with players getting in trouble for like pretty bad things uh is it's a long history and it is something that i don't think they can afford i i don't i don't think that they can really hearken back to that time with this hire i i just they they have some some stuff that they need to prove that they are not still struggling with there i think and i it would be it's the same reason that like Kendall Bryles would never be a, a candidate here or Phil Montgomery or anything like that. Like they, they, it's not, it's not touchable for them. They can't, they can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and look, like if he was just a football coach with a, a totally different, like a personal history, like the enemy is a good hire. It makes sense. But like he is the person he is and you, and you cannot go backwards on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's like, it's simply a non-starter for them. Like you said, like, and, and like, I don't really buy, by the way, that Ryan Walters' connections to like some of those eras are, are like he wasn't involved. Yeah, he was never in like, trouble. He was like a three-year captain and and considered a, right, a, a like, like a in quotation marks good guy. Like he, it's not, it's not as direct. He was on the he was on the team, but it's not. It's hard to blame a guy on the team who was not involved for like why didn't you do more? It's like well. I, he was eighteen, twenty fourteen. Sure, like team. he doesn't bear, like he doesn't bear responsibility. That's yeah. Right? Like, that's whereas, like, I, I would question that that's an actual stopping point for him. That's more just like media stuff. Like, yeah, the enemy can and should be discarded from the job because that stuff. Yeah, the enemy has actual personal things that are connected to him and his right. time at Colorado that I think will stop him from being a serious candidate here. Um, next up, San Jose State head coach Brent Brennan, uh, seven and one in 2020, then five and seven in 2021. He is three and one to start the season. Might be four and one to start the season. This might be a game behind. Uh, regardless, they look pretty good this year. They look like maybe the best team in the West. Uh, he has big matchup with UNLV Liberty, by the way. Yeah, looking forward to it. That'll be on the watch list this week. Um, but he has, I think, done a, a widely considered. He has done a good job in a very hard spot at San Jose State. Before that, he was at Oregon State under Mike Riley um, he is a California guy played at UCLA um, this is kind of the I, I think the default G5 coach from a nearby you know conference nearby area that you have to mention for this kind of job but I don't imagine that he's going to be like a serious serious contender um, I don't think he'd be a terrible hire I just don't know that they're going to give this a ton of look instead uh, unless you know, unless some of the higher up candidates say no, but there is also a thing to consider here of Colorado has hired San Jose state's head coach before, and it didn't work like two hires ago. Um, and I think that fair or not, that is going to impact him here. Yeah. Um, hard to disagree. I don't know, man. Like, I guess the problem, I know we kind of dismissed him a little bit at the start because he's a first time head coach. I'm not really hearing, many candidates that are impressing more than Ryan Walters. The more, the more we run through it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, like Brent Brennan, we talked about Thomas Hammock for the Wisconsin jobs. The guy had a pretty lucky run. Like, yeah, the San Jose state 2020 team is like extraordinarily lucky as far as teams go. Like a lot yeah. of ones for wins. <laughs> yeah. A lot of bizarre victories. Like, I don't think he replicates that ever. 
Yeah, I I think they might have not actually had that many one-score wins. It was still a weird season because it was 2020. Um, but yes, as the point is taken regardless. Um, there are some names further down on this list. Like I said, this is a longer list who I think will be a little bit more appealing uh, that we will, we will get to as we sort through here. But I, I do think that Ryan Walters, by virtue of this being sort of just a hard job to fill, is going to be a, a serious candidate and will get a serious look. I just, he's not my top guy. We, we've not yet gotten to my top guy. Um, and I think Brent Brennan would, it is at least deserving of a call, deserving of a look, hear what his plan is, hear what you think he can do. But I don't think that he would be a favorite as well at this point. Um, next up, currently the defensive backs coach at USC, Dante Williams. Um, hmm. Where from, is this coming from? Uh, this was, I believe, on the ESPN list. Um, he's from Los Angeles. He played at Syracuse and also Idaho state. Um, he has been an assistant kind of all over the West coast. He was briefly at Nebraska, but he's been at Arizona at Oregon. He was at San Jose state. He was at Washington. Uh, most recently he has been at USC for the last two years in all kinds of different roles. He was the interim head coach last season and then, uh, retained on the staff for Lincoln Riley. Um, I don't really know why you would do this. This doesn't really make any sense to me. I don't think that it's a good fit. Um, I don't really even know why he's an option here. Yeah. Uh, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's, <laughs> I think that that's fair. Uh, I mean, come on. Like, like we're, you don't need to hire position coaches as a head coach. Like, let's no, stop it. No, you don't need to do that. Uh, Tulane head coach, Willie Fritz is up next. He's 62, hmm, okay. he's 62 years old. Um, currently Tulane is four and one in sort of a bounce back season. He has been consistently pretty average there. It's not an easy job. Um, but his best years were at central Missouri, uh, Sam Houston state where he took them to a pair of, uh, FCS championship games. Uh, and then Georgia Southern where he went nine and three and eight and four. He is famous for having sort of a spread option offense that he does not run anymore, which is very annoying. Uh, for me personally, but he has been the Tulane head coach since 2016, known as a winner, known as a guy sort of like Lance Leipold, who won at every level. Um, not a ton of ties to the West Coast, really. His, I, I think the farthest he has coached West is Texas. Uh, on several occasions, he was in Missouri, but I don't know. I, I, I think that you'd probably need him to have won more at Tulane for this to make a lot of sense. I, I think that his system is appealing, and I, 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 at least in its old form, in its new form, not really. But I think you could get it for somebody younger and who has had more recent success, and you could be easier to sell, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's fair enough, right? Like, like you could use someone with like, closer regional recruiting ties here. Uh, I, I don't know. Like he's, he's not the best option in this vein. If you're going to hire Willie Fritz, just hire Troy Calhoun. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to hire Willie Fritz, just hire Troy Calhoun and ask him to not run the true like under center triple. I don't think he would have any issues with that. I, I think that, that those guys, all of those systems, all of the, the, the option systems that we see at the academies can be switched into what coastal Carolina or Kansas is doing really, really easily really yes. easily those guys would have no issue doing that so yeah i i would agree just hire just hire uh troy calhoun who is younger even he it doesn't seem like it but he is younger than willie fritz so i don't i don't really know why you do this um next up north dakota state head coach matt Entz, who has been on a lot of these boards as well uh, another one who seems to be pushing pretty hard for 
a different job than the one that he has currently. He is a North Dakota State guy, um, played at something called Wartburg. He's from Iowa. He has been hmm. – I, I don't think he has a single – No, he Hey, has, Wartburg, dude, what's that, your ass? Yeah, he's never been at the uh, – <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this man has never coached at the FBS level as an assistant or anything else. He has only ever been at the FCS level. Um, why do people keep bringing this up? This is not – no. Come on, no. This does not move the meat, the needle at all. Maybe as like, if Jim Leonard wanted to really stick to power, hire this guy as your offensive coordinator. I guess he's a defensive-minded coach originally, but like, that's I I don't know what you'd fucking get out of this. Why would you do this? Yeah, I mean, shit, dude. There, the, like the FCS, the P five jump is pretty hit or miss. I don't know. Like, there's been. Yeah, you know, the Chris Clymans yeah, and Jim Trestle of the world, but a lot of also true failures. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think that it, it can work when done correctly, but I don't really see the signs that this would work for, for him personally. I, I don't yeah. really understand. I, like it's the, the copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's like what would he do that Craig Bull hasn't done at Wyoming where he has not been all that impressive? You know, it's like I, I don't I don't I don't really know why you would why you would do this. Um BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick is next up on the list here. Uh, no connection to Colorado, the school, but he's from Utah. He played at BYU. He coached at Utah for quite some time, uh, more than a decade. He was an assistant at Utah, and then he has spent the last five years at BYU, where he is, as I mentioned, currently the offensive coordinator. He's doing a good job there. He has coordinated a good offense, but if you're going to hire a first-time head coach who is you know, sort of younger from the area, why would you not just hire Brian Walters? Correct. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. It's like there's a lot of guys here – who just aren't as good as Ryan Walters, what they do. Yeah. Uh, why would you hire them instead of him? Yeah. Okay. So we are on now to the, the two, four, seven part of this list, which I think is significant. Right. How many names have we done? What, what are we uh, doing? Like 24 names right there, now? There's, there's about, there's like, there's like 18 names on this list. It's a long list. <laughs> um, and some of these we can just sort of, I'm, I'm have, locked in, brother. Yeah, as yeah, we, let's done, go. we can cycle through, but we're on to the two, four, seven part of the list. Some of them they agree on, but uh, this is, I think at least at the top better. I think that this makes more sense to me and we're going to start off with a coach who you and I are very fond of <laughs> a man who we have we have touted for quite a few jobs now th and, this is a coaching style individual yeah for, correct yes so the name here that I'm looking at is former Texas head coach uh Tom Herman have you heard about this have you seen this um <laughs> he you know who fucking Tom Herman is I don't need to tell you people who Tom Herman is um yeah I think if you can get Tom Herman in Colorado you'd be very happy with that I think that if he says yes then you take it and you don't ask questions that that would be 100% that would be my stance on Tom Herman I think that he is quite a bit better than this job he could do very well here too right like especially in yeah. a state where you don't have to drive very far to recruit at all right like all of the talent Colorado is producing is in the Boulder and Denver area. Yeah. Like there's nobody coming from fucking Pueblo, Colorado uh, to the NFL. Like it's not happening. So like, just like it, he can do what he did at Houston and just own the city, which is not going to get you like to a conference championship, but it's a pretty good basis. Better than what these guys have done lately. Yeah. Um, I'd be excited for him to be there. I think he'd recruit really well in Texas and California and uh, Arizona I think he has a lot of ties to places that would do very well for him. Um, I think, as you know, Tom Herman would be great at Colorado. He does know how to build a program. He does know how to build a winning program. He's had top 10 finishes at two different schools. Um, he would have, I believe, more top 10 finishes 
and a better winning percentage than all but like five active head coaches, five or six active head coaches in, the, in college football right now. Love that. Uh, he's a dog. He's an absolute dog. Yeah, this would be a slam dunk. I mean, you think about his ties, you think about his, his recruiting connections with uh, with Texas, with California, two places that Colorado would love to go, would love to be able to recruit. Um, the offense that he runs, I think, still works. Uh, I think would work here, would make sense in the Pac-12. Um, or potentially, the biggest question is, oh, sorry, go ahead. or potentially the Big Twelve, depending on where Colorado lands. Um, yeah, what is the biggest question? The biggest question is why would he take this over Arizona State? Yeah, that's fair. I think Arizona State's a better job. Um, I would certainly take Arizona State over Colorado. I don't know that there's a great reason for it, unless maybe just Arizona State fucks up the bag and looks at somebody else. Um, we hope so. Yeah, if you're Colorado, you should hope so. But uh, I think this would be a slam dunk. I think that, that the the underdog ethos that he had at Houston when they want to just jump up and punch you in the mouth would make perfect sense here. I, I think that, that he would be a very, very, very good fit culturally at Colorado. Um, I think that he would be left alone largely in the way that he was at Houston, which is what he wants. Um, wouldn't really have to kiss ass a ton. Maybe would have to keep some of his opinions bottled up. But other than that, I think that he would be... I think he'd be perfect here. I think that, that Tom Herman would be a slam dunk. I think he's one of the best names on the board if that is a, a real uh, – if he is a real contender, if he is somebody who they're actually going to look at, which they absolutely should. Now, would he take it? I don't know. Like you said, I think that, that Arizona State's a better job, and I think there will be interest there as well. But Tom Herman, I think, would absolutely be a, a, a really, really great hire here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, like you say, it's a slam dunk. There's no questions about it. I have full confidence he would win like eight or nine games there pretty routinely. Yep. Next up is Baylor offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, somebody who we have talked about pretty frequently, not really necessarily in connection to jobs, just as somebody who we like. He was formerly at BYU. Uh, before that, he was at LSU, Virginia Tech, Auburn. The connection here is that he was he spent two years at Colorado in 2007-2008 as the uh, offensive line coach and running game coordinator. He's from Texas originally. He is largely a Texas guy, but he does have ties to the West Coast, to the mountain region specifically. Um, I think he's one of the better assistants on the board, but it's sort of the same stuff that we have said about the other assistants on the board. Is like, well, if you're going to hire one of these, why not just hire Ryan Walters, you know? Yeah, I guess if if if, if there it is true, and it's like this reporting or, or this like, uh, what do you call it, the hand-wringing and these articles about Ryan Walters' connections to Gary Barnett for some reason, yeah, uh, make him untenable, then I guess Jeff Grimes would make sense if you want to go a first-time head coach route. Yeah. Um, he would be the next the next assistant you hire, right? Yeah. Like there's no one else in between him and Walters, I'd say. Um, yeah, maybe Aaron Roderick, but I, I would still take Grimes over him. I think it's like it would was. be it would be pretty close, but like um, Alex Grinch certainly is not on that level. Casey Dunn, Eric Bieniemy, like those those Dante Williams, like those guys are not. I would take Grimes in a heartbeat over any of those guys. Um, so I, I do think yeah. that he would be one of the one of the higher level assistant potential hires. But we talked about with with Walters, like. This is probably a job where you want somebody who has experience in the gig. Um, hey, hey, uh, Jeff Grimes, what's next? Jeff Stormzy? Yeah, that's next. That's what's coming next. Uh, <laughs> you follow on that one? You get you get that yeah, one? Yeah, I, I got it. I, I understood it. I, I know. Hey, what... hey, Jeff Grimes, what's next? Jeff Elon Musk? Yeah, that's probably what's next. And next up on the board here is Jeff Elon Musk. Currently, <laughs> <laughs> no, next up on the board here is Bronco Mendenhall. Oh, Currently not affiliated uh, most recently, the head coach at Virginia. Before that, longtime head coach at BYU. Um, he's from Utah. He played his b- college ball at Snow College and then also at Oregon State. 
coached at Oregon State for a while, uh, and then most well-known for his time at BYU. Uh, he's a damn good football coach. He wins football games. He did a very good job at Virginia. I think that this is another one that would be pretty much a slam dunk if you could get him. I, I would be, I'd probably take Herman over Bronco, but I think it's very close. I think that you would be thrilled with either one of them. Yeah, I guess the only concern is like, do we have any math on like when a coach? Uh, I'm sure we don't. I know we don't have the top of our heads, but it'd be cool if someone did this. After a coach unretires, comes back to the job, how long does he last, and how does he perform? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would be I would be curious because it's not uh, it's not an insignificant group. They love to do this. Coaches love to yeah. retire and then immediately come back to coaching like after one year off. Right, um, and I mean of course like the successful one is Urban Meyer, but like how many besides that have been successful doing this? Yeah, I'd be yeah I, I would be I'd be curious. I think that Broncos a good coach, and I think that this would make sense. But like I said, no, I would, me too, I would me take, too. I, I guess I would I'm just take Herman over him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's he's he's an interesting one. I think that uh, I think he would make sense. I think he would do do a good job building the program. The ceiling might be a little bit lower because what he does is kind of limited. He's not a great recruiter. Um, but if you don't want to run the triple, if you're not ready for that, but you do want that kind of stability, I think that Bronco would be the pick. Sure. Uh, next up is a guy who I think we can pretty much just immediately pass up. Um, current texas analyst i guess gary patterson former head coach at tcu uh no 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 come on no 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 he he is this guy is not building a whole ass program again he doesn't want to do this no <laughs> absolutely not gary patterson does not want to be the head coach at colorado come on um after him todd munkin offensive coordinator at georgia we have talked about him before uh, I, whatever yeah whatever he does have head coaching experience but i think you'd have to be pretty far down the list for this to be the one who you i mean i think he's a pretty fire. i mean i don't know uh yeah it's i i wouldn't pick him no i wouldn't pick him i don't think he inspires a whole lot of uh a whole lot of confidence necessarily um next up sharon moore who's the co-offensive coordinator at michigan no come on no um any any thoughts on sharon moore from you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, if he gets, if he gets a head coaching job this year, uh, he should pay his whole salary to Blake Corum. Yeah. Yeah. Most people should have to do that. Most Michigan coaches should just right. have to pay their salary. Especially Dan Thick Stauskas. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should I dox his, should I dox our friend Dan's last name in the podcast yeah. right now for arguing here over the weekend? Yeah. We love to do that. Um, all right. <laughs> no, next up is UNLV head coach, Marcus Arroyo. <laughs> who is 6-17 and 17 for his career. He is having his first ever good year as a coach, not just as a head coach, but as a coach this season. He's 4-1. and one. Um, He has never been good before this. He was the offensive coordinator at Oregon. He was tar- he was terrible at it. He was really, really bad. He's a California guy. They love guy. doing that. Um, this guy fucking sucks. You should not hire him. He sucks. He, he No, come on. This, this would be... Just hire Brent Brennan. If you want to hire a Mountain West coach, go get Brent Brennan or see if Blake Anderson is interested. He's not. Um, but Marcus Arroyo would be pretty da- pretty far down the list of uh, of potential G5 coaches. The man has won Very six silly. games. Six games. Yeah. He's had three years. He's won six games. No. That is not not realistic. Not even really reasonable to, uh, to, to suggest. Um, one here that is I don't support but I think is interesting to talk about as a, as a thought experiment – uh, Barry Odom, currently the defensive coordinator of Arkansas, formerly the head coach at Missouri. Um, 
No ties to the area. Not really sure how he ended up on this list in the first place. He's from uh, Oklahoma, so I guess he's kind of nearby. But he hasn't coached west of Missouri. Uh, I, I don't... I don't really know why you would look at what he did at Missouri and think that we need to we need to get in on that. He was 25 and 25 at Missouri and was fired after going 6 and 6 in year 4. Never finished more better than 3rd in the East, tied for 3rd in the East. Best season was 8 and 5. Uh, I don't really know how he ended up here. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Very silly. Very very silly. Not not a chance. Yeah. Uh next up, last two here, Dan Mullen. Currently not affiliated, formerly the head coach at hmm. Florida. Um, sort of a Tom Herman-style individual. Uh, he is probably the closest parallel. He has coached out west two years, spent two years as Urban Meyer's quarterback's coach at Utah. But that's it. That's his only his only tie. He is fully a Yankee. He, that is his, his background. Um, I don't know that it is necessarily a requirement here, but it might be nice to be you know, connected to the area in some way. And also he does not want to recruit at all, like even a little bit. Um, I think that he could do some interesting stuff offensively here, but I think if you're doing this, you'd probably just hire Herman or Bronco, right? I would take one of those guys before I would take Mullen. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think you get down to Mullen, but if they both say no, I mean, I don't know. Like, no, uh, I don't know. I actually, what are you getting out of this? What what are you getting out of having Dan Mullen as your coach? I guess like there's you could uh, you could scheme your way to you know seven and five, eight and four every now and then, but I I don't know. Well, I guess the other problem too is he's an asshole, right? Everyone hates yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> that is something worth worth considering here. Is that he's an asshole and everybody hates him. Um, <laughs> A classic, a classic shortcoming for a uh, for a head coach. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's impossible, but I certainly would not expect it at, at this point. I think that you'd have to get again pretty far down the list to get to Dan Mullen. Um, and then the last one that's on this list, uh, or these these two combined lists, is the interim head coach Mike Sanford Jr., who we can dismiss no. out of hand. Absolutely not. Um, I, he went nine and I sixteen have... at Western Kentucky. No. Yeah. I have one other name I want to throw out there. Just some, I mean, I don't know if I would hire him, but he intrigues me at least. Yeah. What about Jim McElwain? Okay. Yeah. He was the head coach at Colorado State. I believe he's from the area, right? If if memory he is, uh, he's originally actually from Montana okay. and played college ball at Eastern Washington. But he has uh, obviously, as you said, he coached at uh, Colorado State for three years. The head coach there has been out west several times. Coached for Fresno State. Coached for the Oakland Raiders one point in time. Coached for Montana State, Eastern Washington. Yeah. Kind of been all over the west. Um, <clears throat> is uh, struggling this year with Central Michigan, but overall, I mean, through his first three seasons, I, I believe he was uh, 20 and 13, which is yeah. with two division championships, uh, which is really good for Central Michigan. Yeah. Um, that's, um, I mean, that's good. He went eight and six first year, nine and four in his third year, uh, three and three in the COVID year. He was good at Colorado um, State as well. He was, he was good enough to get the Florida job, obviously. Yeah. He won 10 games at Colorado State. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think I think he would be interesting. He is he is somebody who I'm surprised was not on either of these lists. I'm I'm maybe he's not especially interested in a bigger job at this point and and he probably should be helping himself out more this season than he actually is. That team has not looked great so far. Not looked what like what it was supposed to look like. Um but uh yeah, he, he's I think he's interesting to me. I think that he's he's somebody who would probably get consideration if he wants the job um i'll name a couple i'll rattle off a couple of other guys sort of in the area as well 
um, who I have seen mentioned but were not on these lists specifically. Jay Hill, who's currently the head coach at Weber State, formerly a longtime assistant at Utah under Just Urban. hire Matt Ants for doing that. I guess, but he this Jay Hill has something that Matt Ants doesn't have, which is that he has coached at the FBS level ever in his entire life. Um, <laughs> he was a longtime assistant under Kyle Whittingham at Utah, was also under Urban Meyer briefly, played at Utah, he was a cornerback. Um, he has done a very good job at Weber State, which was not a uh, not a great program before he showed up. He has taken them to five playoff appearances, five FCS playoff appearances, and they appear to be on their way to a sixth this season. Um, someone to think about. I think you'd have to get pretty far down to be seriously looking at him. Um, I'll mention Brent. I don't know how to say his last name. Vigan Venables. No, yeah, Brent Venables. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna go with Brent Vigan. Is is how you say this guy, this cat's name? He's the head coach at Montana State. He is sixteen and four across two seasons. Took him to the championship game last season. Um, he played at North Dakota State. Coached at North Dakota State for nearly. He was at North Dakota State for two decades as a player and then as an assistant. Uh, went with Craig Bull to Wyoming where he was the offensive coordinator. He stayed there from 2014 until 2020 before taking the Montana State job last season. Um, again, Matt Entz, if you want to hire Matt Entz, you could just hire him but do it with some FBS experience in this guy. Um, I don't think that they do. I don't think that they do want to hire Matt Entz. But if you do... Just hire this guy or, or hire Jay Hill. I don't know why you would yeah. actually hire Matt Entz. Um, and then the last one that I want to mention as a as a throwaway, obviously not going to happen, but one that would be really funny because it seems like he does somehow. He just has something on all of the coaches or on all of the athletic departments in the region and manages to back into these jobs constantly. Uh, Gary Anderson, who is currently an, an analyst <laughs> at Weber State, um, he took by force the Utah State job in 2019, took by force the Oregon State job in 2015. Uh, he was at Wisconsin. He was at Utah State before that. Um, has not been a good coach in a decade, but uh, it it does not seem out of the realm of possibility that he would just take this job. That he would just he would name himself the head coach because he loves to do that. Is there anyone else you can see who's just like miserable at their current job? That you can see fleeing for this. Um, <sighs> hmm, that's that's interesting. Is there is like would, would would Colorado take like Scott Satterfield? I, I don't even know that it would be a, a he's miserable thing as much as it is he's get he would get fired. Um, yeah, fair enough. What about Dana? I think Dana might be done. If I'm being honest, I think that Dana. I think he's cooked. Yeah. I, I think that Dana's football days might be might be coming to a close here. I think that he might make a move into the booth and just be done with it. Um, yeah, there's there's not like like uh, we talked about Jeff Halfley in connection to the Arizona State job. Um, I guess if you want to win seven games every season, you could do that. Uh, maybe he would be interested, vaguely interested in this. They could sell it as poaching another P5 head coach. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Jeff Halfley would definitely call up Tony Elford to be his OC, and Tony would take it and yeah. uh, would kill recruiting in the Colorado area. Yes, he would. Gosh. Yes. Yeah, that that is a uh, that would be one who, f- for whoever takes this job, if you are looking for an easy OC pick, Tony Elford would be a really, really good pick. He would do a very, yeah. very good job in recruiting. Especially if you have a guy who actually calls the plays for you. Yeah. And you just let Tony do the recruiting. Uh yeah, yeah, like if you hire, I mean, there's a coach who comes to mind, unless they are not friends, unless they, they have something against each other. Tom Herman has a lot of familiarity with Tony Alford um, and calls plays, so then he would not need to do that. I think that that would make sense. Yeah. Actually, not as much as you think, though. Uh, there, I believe there was only, in fact, I don't think they overlapped at all. Wasn't it because Stan Drayton was the title winning coach, wasn't he? Did they? 
Maybe yeah, maybe you're right. I don't uh, I don't remember when Drayton left. Um, it was either one year or uh, uh, or no. Years. They would know each other uh, regardless. They would know. They each would other know each other. They, they overlapped for yeah zero seasons. Huh. No, nothing. Well, never mind. Um, I still think that it would probably make sense. They have the same. They are from the same coaching tree. Um, That's a tough miss for you as a huge Buckeye fan. Too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, Jay Hill also would have indirect ties to Tony Alford because of the Urban Meyer connection. A lot of these guys are in some way, shape, or form connected to Urban Meyer because that is just a uh, result of <laughs> his time at, at yeah. Utah. Um, you gotta think, gotta think. Louis Adazio is a candidate here. Yeah, you have to think that Louis Adazio is a candidate and that he is considering Corey Dennis as his offensive coordinator. You have to assume that Steve <laughs> Adazio is also a top candidate here. Um, what a, how about how about a college football head coach Louis Anderson? Okay. How yeah. about they're hiring? Yeah, I like <laughs> the comedian that. Louis Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that. Um, he's he's wearing a big dress. Uh, that would be cool. I suppose that Dan Mullen would also fit the billing for somebody who could hire Tony Alford as offensive coordinator and then call his own plays, because um, he also has the the Meyer connection. Or you could it just worked. hire Urban Meyer. That's something to think about. I hear that Urban <laughs> Meyer is looking for a job. Um, you you want to stay away from scandal. You should always go with Urban Meyer. That's what they always say. If you're trying to avoid <laughs> scandal within your program, if your program has a history of like uh, sexual assault issues and things like that, you should hire Urban Meyer. He's really good with that sort of thing. That's so true, dude. That's so true. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Colorado is going to hire Urban Meyer, as we have just established. <laughs> no, I think my guess. Who are is... your actual picks? Get, get, let's give our picks on both these jobs. So Wisconsin, as I said, it's Jim Leonard. I think Jim Leonard gets the job. Um, Colorado. I think that Herman and Mendenhall are going to be the first two calls. I think that Herman ends up taking Arizona State. Um, uh, I think they get. I think they could get. Mendenhall maybe but I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Walters I think they hire Walters um and I don't know that they feel great about it I'm gonna go with Walters as well I think I'm actually gonna like go a little off the wall in Wisconsin I do think it's Leipold I I actually do think that uh they talk Leonard into keeping the DC job and not being the head coach and staying with Lance Leipold Mm -hmm. and Wisconsin goes on to become actually good instead of just fake good yeah, they would love to be actually good. It's something to consider. Yeah. I, I do, I do, uh, I do have sort of a fond memory for the days when Wisconsin was actually good. It's cool. It's cool when they're good. When they're like twelve and one, but they're actually legitimately very good, twelve and one, and it's like a big deal to have to go to Camp Randall and things like that. Like that's cool. I like when they're, I like when they're good. Um, hopefully, they can get back to that place. I, I also do like when Colorado is good. I think that it's, I think it's a cool program. Um, all right, we have done our promo. Uh, anything else, Ryan, before we get out of here? No, just if you're one of these freeloaders, getting a free 90 minute podcast was extra this week. Just come join the fucking site. You owe us. Yeah. Yeah. We'll hunt you, you owe down. Us, dude. We will you hunt owe you down. Us. We can, we can and see here's the thing is, yeah, we're in we your can log. Yeah. We log every one of your IP addresses every time you listen to this podcast. Like we, we are selling this data mm-hmm. to several black market Bangladeshi click farms. Yeah. Um, and, and it's honestly only us and our goodwill standing between you and your social security number so yeah yeah exactly and and folks of course as it is every week here it is khashoggi week at flipping the field and we do have ties to the saudis and we will take care of you if we need to 
Dude, the first time we did Jamal Khashoggi week, and by the way, incredible we've done Jamal Khashoggi week multiple times. <laughs> the first time we did it, I think probably one of our best social media responses ever. One of the funniest weeks in the history of the field. Yeah. Just coming up with Jamal Khashoggi week out of the ether, just out of our pure thin air of our brains. Mm-hmm. That's why we, we have to get back to podcasting in person again, dude. That's why we gotta we gotta yeah. like make an episode happen once a year we do it again uh because the chemistry that comes from an event like that yeah it's just unstoppable there's a non-zero chance that Stuart mandel or bruce feldman or or at least <laughs> several multiple employees at the athletic are familiar with the term jamal khashoggi <laughs> week uh which is very good to think about i enjoy that quite a bit pete thamel trying I would to figure say out what the hell least... jamal khashoggi week means yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sources oh, tell me this is Jamal God. Khashoggi week over at Flipping the Field. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should start a viral marketing campaign for the Athletic mm-hmm. and just pick a week for that week. <laughs> uh, just, just putting the yeah. like the the Athletic like the white background black text with their 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 specific font where it just says it's Jamal Khashoggi week period and then the uh, the Athletic logo and putting that out with no context. <laughs> we need one of the we need the uh, the tone setters boys to do this for us they would do yeah. this much better than we could yeah yeah um, for sure <laughs> we'll get a hold of those rowdy teenagers <laughs> yeah to... yeah we'll wrangle up some 14 year olds to make a graphic for us <laughs> <laughs> we need to get the most mentally deranged ketamine addicted 14 year old instagram accounts uh-huh. <laughs> possible to uh to post about jamal Khashoggi. yeah yeah like we're, we're hiring a we're, we're looking for a clutch point style individual to run our social media accounts yeah that's <laughs> uh we're doing it's uh <laughs> why i'm joining the athletic and it's like uh i don't know it's it's bashar al-assad or something mm-hmm. yeah 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 we're uh yeah we're, <laughs> well anyway uh a joyous jamal oh. khashoggi week to all of you we will uh we will be back on thursday and, and also watch uh, a happy canadian thanksgiving too of course all right we'll uh we'll catch you guys soon